Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Honest Worship Podcast, episode number four. Um, we did take a little bit longer between, uh, I guess you could say, episode, uh, yeah, between episode number three and this episode, episode number four, but it's better than the amount of time that we took between episode number one and episode number three. That's so true. I think I think as long as we stay within six weeks or under, we're good. Have we gone over six weeks? No, we haven't. I think oh. it was like a month. Oh, okay. A month. That's not that bad. It was all Sammy's fault. Yes. It's entirely my fault, guys. I apologize. <laughs> okay. So, topic for today. Um, uh, I guess you could say that this is kind of the general overall topic of the Honest Worship Podcast because we're trying – well, this is a theological podcast. Um, but this this episode is meant to kind of – I guess you could say we're kind of dipping our toe into the deep end of the pool. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, from this episode on, we really want to tackle some deep theological um, topics in deep regards to worship. Yes. Deep, so mm-hmm. deep. Um, but yeah, this is kind of the introduction, intro- introductory, introductory <laughs> episode to that. Um, and we're going to be doing a lot more word studies, words in like like glory or um, when we talk about phrases like the presence of God. Um, what does that mean? Um, the glory of God. What does that mean? Um, uh, and then we're going to be taking deeper looks at aspects of, of, of God's nature, like the holiness of God and how these aspects of God drive us to worship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But before, again, some some more housekeeping before we jump into the episode. Um we have an a website now. We yes. have a website. I think in episode number one, we said that we are going to have a website, and it took us only like four months to create it, but we, we did ha- it. We did it. We have an episode, uh, not an episode, a website now. We have a website. So if you go to our Instagram, you can click the link there, and that will take you to our website. Um, it used to be a Spotify link, but don't worry. There is still a link on the website now that you can click, not just for Spotify, but for Apple Podcasts, So too. if you want to get to Spotify, you're going to have to go through our website. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how we did it. Strategic. <laughs> strategic. Um, but, yeah, so there um, – you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, I'm going to see if there is another way that we can put some more links. Um, you might have to upgrade to Wix Premium or something like that. I don't know. But we'll see. Hopefully, mm. we can get some more links. So you then you can have Google Podcasts and Anchor on there. So whatever your preferred listening platform is, you will have that there. Um, another thing, Christmas is coming up. And me and Rufus are going to try our very best to get an episode out before the, I guess, the Monday of the week of Christmas, because um, we typically upload our episodes on Monday. So we're gonna be uh, doing a f- doing a lyric analysis of Jingle Bells. Yes, yeah. Um, I think we should sing Jingle Bells every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, but we're hopefully gonna try <laughs> to get <laughs> a more, uh, uh, I guess you could say, Christmassy year episode. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I already got a tree up. Yeah, if you can see the tree. Oh, yeah, we're recording now. It's a huge tree. We're recording. Maybe. We'll see. Hopefully, this will be on YouTube. Hopefully. Hopefully, Hopefully it'll be on YouTube. Um, And so you guys can see Rufus's Christmas tree. Uh, It's very sad. By the way, guys, comment what you think about (laughs) (laughs) the Christmas tree. If you can see it. I don't know if the video is going to be. If you can see Rufus's Christmas tree, comment 
um, what you think. And if if we can't get it up on YouTube, we'll post a picture about <laughs> no. it, and you guys can vote. <laughs> Do you like Rufus's Christmas tree? I think for the price I paid, it's a very, very decent tree. So, anyway, <laughs> okay, <laughs> anyway, so we're going to try to do a Christmas uh, episode, um, and that is going to be our fifth episode, so this kind of leads into our next housekeeping thing. Uh, we are planning on doing every fifth episode, we mention a lot about Christ-centered worship, worshiping, looking to Christ, focusing on Christ, um, and so we thought uh, one of the best ways we can, uh, I guess, help and instruct in that area is to teach about the nature and the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to dive into aspects like that. Um, I think we mentioned uh, in that last episode in our leader analysis of living hope, um, Jesus Christ is our living hope. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole song is about that. Um, and so we'll address parts like that and how those aspects of who Jesus is drives us yeah. to worship. Um, and one last thing. Um, we are planning on doing a giveaway. Yes. Drum roll. Do we know what we're giving away yet? Not really. But we are planning on doing a giveaway, hopefully sometime within the new year. Within the month of January, we will hopefully have a post up telling you the details of that so that you guys can start off the new year with a gift from your favorite podcast, The Honest Worship Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a signed autograph of a picture of the both of us. Yes. And you guys can hang it on your fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Or keep it keep it on a little photo frame on your nightstand. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're hopefully planning on doing a giveaway. Now that all the housekeeping is over, let's yes. start with episode number four of the Honest Worship Podcast. Does theology truly matter in worship? Um, and like I said before, the I guess you could say the whole uh, totality of what we're trying to do here at the Honest Worship Podcast is say that it does. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, we need to know Christ in order to worship Christ. Yep. Um, uh, so um, first, I think what we should do is break down what theology means, because I think a lot of people have a skewed idea of what theology means, because a, a lot of times people say things like, um, just give me Jesus mm-hmm. or something like that, or I don't need theology, theology I just matter. need Jesus. Yeah. Um, or they'll say, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I don't like talking about theology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in order for us to truly engage into worship in in a, in a in a proper way that scripture tells us to engage into worship at least um we need to have an understanding of theology yeah. we need to have some sort of theological grounding and understanding um so let's break down what theology and means. Uh, and i think once you get once we understand what theology is and after sammy kind of breaks it down you'll understand how like it's impossible to say that theology is not important yeah. Once you understand what theology is in its sense, maybe there's been a uh, stigma or some kind of bad name associated with theology. But once we truly understand what theology is in its true form, it's impossible for a Christian to say that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I've I've actually I've talked. Well, I, I haven't talked to people. Well, actually, no, I have talked to people that say theology don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends that say that theology doesn't matter. Um 
I actually I went to a conference with my sister. My sister was uh, helping teach there. It was um, it was like a high school ministry conference. And so one of the pastors um, that was there to speak, uh, he was he was having a conversation with one of the other pastors. And and so this one pastor was like, yeah, so we are um, we're a very theological church. Like we we love the teaching of the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so this one pastor goes. Yeah, I don't really like theology. I feel like it just confuses the believer, and the believer doesn't really need that. And and the other the that the pastor that said that we we're very like theologically grounded, he was like, whoa, 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 let's stop right there. And he was like, we need to have an understanding of that theology is not meant to confuse the believer, but to build up the believer. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> my man. And he, we, I actually talked to him, and he's really cool. Um. I got his business card. His business the the card? guy who doesn't like theology, right? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got the uh, other pastor's card, uh -huh. not business card. I don't know if it's a business card. But yeah, it's not a, well, yeah. It's like a contact Ministry card. card or Ministry whatever. card, there yeah. we go, ministry card. Um, so, yeah, he's he's uh, really cool. We had, Me and my sister both had a conversation with him. He's really cool. Um, but what he said is actually really true. Yeah. Um, theology is really meant to build us up. Yeah. And in our worship, theology is meant to build up our worship. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, think about it. I think when we when we first come come as a Christian, um, our worship should not be the same as it is today as it was back then. Yeah, we should have definitely grown in that area of worship, mm -hmm. having deeper gratitude for God, finding Christ all the more satisfying yeah um and that satisfaction sh in christ should grow every day yeah but the question is how does how do i fall more in that satisfaction or that pleasure i have in god the answer is to know him more yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the answer to there are the way to know him more is the study of god and the study yeah. of the scripture yeah and that that and and that is that itself is what theology is right it's just the study of God. Yeah. Um, so if you if you break up the two parts of that word theology, the first part is is from the Greek actually theos or mm -hmm. theos, um, and that's the word that uh, most of the time in the New Testament I think is 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 the word that's used for God. Mm -hmm. um, when we see in the Gospel of John, um, s uh, Thomas he says, I "I'm not going to believe until I, I touch the hands and the side of Jesus." And then Jesus shows up. And Thomas touches his hands and his side, and he says, "My Lord and my God." Mm -hmm. um, and that word there that 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 Thomas says, and and that the apostle John uses for God is theos, theos, yeah. theos. and that's the same word that we derive the first part of the word theology mm -hmm. from theos, and then ology, of course, like we see in biology, mm -hmm. <laughs> is the study of biology, study of life. Mm -hmm. um, and so theology is simply the study of God. Right. And so, like Rufus said, the question is, how do we do that? Yeah. How do we how do we practically um, study who God is? Um, and we we see uh, in a uh, this is the one of the more uh, this is a standout part of Christianity. Um, we have a revealed word mm -hmm. given to us. Yeah. We don't have to work hard or try to strive for some sort of special access 
to who God is. Yeah. God has revealed himself to us. Mm-hmm. Um, like it says in the Gospel of John, I forget which verse. I think I think I, I, I was just about to try to quote. Okay, then you thing. can get it. You go. <laughs> uh, let me see. Pull it up. In First John four nineteen, and I was saying we ha- with the with the peculiar pe- oh my gosh peculiarity mm-hmm. I think I said that right right peculiarity of of Christianity is that we have a revealed word of mm-hmm. God we have a revelation of who our God is given to us yeah um and it's 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 not because like I said we did some sort of special thing to obtain that we did nothing right. like it says in First John four nineteen we love because he first, first loved, loved us. us yeah um. And so God is God already without us seeking after him, without us striving to know him deeper, has already revealed himself to us yeah. through his word. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I think you had a first, uh, right? I was trying to find it. Um, it's uh, it's God for a while. Uh, from the beginning, God has revealed himself to mankind through nature. I think it's in Ro- I think it's in Romans. I think I think yeah I think Paul says that in Romans one eighteen I think Paul says here Romans one nineteen I think is what you're talking about yeah. for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for right. his invisible attributes namely his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse right. And so that's how God revealed himself to people before a, a tangible mm-hmm. uh, a, a tangible word or a tangible, I guess, Bible that we have. Yeah. God has, over time, has revealed himself to people. And that kind of answers the question of, all right, what if you that people never had the Bible and stuff like that? God has revealed himself through history in mm-hmm. ma- various forms. Yeah. However, we have been given this collection of the attributes and the nature of god in his word mm-hmm. yeah um i think paul also goes on later to say that that they know within themselves yeah that there is a god yeah um i think w- one of the one of the biggest arguments that we see christian apologists use now uh, especially more in the in the more recent years um, apologists like Jeff Durbin, we see we see them use this argument a lot. Um, uh, it's it's in regards to moral standards, right? So any uh, uh, a person who is skeptical of Christianity or is trying to debate against Christianity right. will often say, um, "If God is good, how could He allow this thing to happen? Yeah. How could He allow this evil to happen?" Yeah. And so one of the arguments that they use is, um, "How can you call anything evil?" By what standard do you call anything evil? Yeah. And so their logic is if if, if, if n- everything came into existence from nothing, then there is no absolute truth about anything. Mm-hmm. So there is no absolute truth then about morality, what is right and what is wrong, because n- there is no absolute truth from the beginning. Right. right. Absolute truth is truth regardless of whether anything is there that has been before that or after that, it stays constant as truth. Yeah. Um, and so morality is, is one of those things where regardless of anybody's opinion, there is a moral standard that must be kept. Yeah. Like, like m- don't kill people because killing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? How can we say that if there's no standard yeah. of what is right and wrong? Yeah. 
and so and Paul does this this same argument here in in Romans and he says he he says you know within yourselves that there is God. Yeah. You know within yourselves what is right and wrong. And yet and I think Paul later goes on to say within that chapter um they have exchanged the glory of the uh, immortal God for images resembling mortal men, birds and animals and creeping things. Right. He, he says he says th- th- and then he goes on to say um, they go on to worship the creation rather than the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's this, it's this idea of there. They, they know within themselves that there is God, yet their own lustful passions are what consume them more. Yeah. And, and, and this is Paul's building on a case in, in from um, chapters 1 to 5. Paul is building on this case that men are dead in their sins mm-hmm. and that sin from Adam's sin, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. And so this is Paul's building on this case. And he says, everybody knows. There is a standard within yourselves that God has given that you know. And so from the beginning of time, like Rufus was saying, what, what about before they had the Bible? God has already revealed himself. Yeah. Like the reason we have an ability to logically think between moral morality and immorality is because God has given us that standard of morality. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, and that's the, I- that's the, uh, the importance of coming to know God. The, the absence of not absence of knowing who God is does not equate to absence of worship. Yeah. It equates to ap- worship of mm-hmm. something else. Mm hmm. Um, we read in the Old Testament, the people of Israel, when Moses goes up to the mountain, there's worship there. Yeah. It's just not of God. It's of, of the calf, golden calf that they made. Yeah. So there comes in a lack of knowing who God is, uh-huh. a response to something that is other than God. And that's still something that we worship. It's just not, it's just not God. Yeah. Yeah, and we discussed in episode number two, uh, and we mentioned a quote, uh, no worship has ever pleased God except that which looked to Christ. Right. Um, and like you said, it's, it's, it, it's, it's not, it, it, it doesn't cause you to not worship anything, the absence it, of God. Yeah. It turns your worship to something else. Yeah. And so in, in the same way, when, when we look to anything besides Christ and mm-hmm. we, when we cut off Christ or knowing, knowing God, right, and, and when we cut off theology from worship, cut off the aspect of knowing the person of God is from worship, then that opens up a door for us to worship anything and ev- everything yeah. and, and worship a God of our own creation. And we see, yeah. it, we see a lot of churches doing this yeah. where they say theology and worship are separate. There are a lot of I was I was watching uh, the uh, Elephant Room, which is it's like a it was this thing in like 2011 or something, and they bring different pastors from different like theological backgrounds. Yeah. Um, and so Matt Chandler was going against uh, another guy, uh, and and the the point that Matt Chandler was trying to make is that theology and and in evangelism and theology and building the church are not separate. Yeah. Right. I, it's core. And in the same regard, um, w- theology and worship are not separate in order to build our worship, in order for us to worship God in a way that is pleasing unto him. We must know what God is, who yeah. God is. Yeah. Right. Like you, you, you don't go. Let's say you, you you're you're married. 
you don't give your your if your if your wife doesn't like football, you're not gonna go buy your wife tickets to the Super Bowl. You're not gonna do that because <laughs> she doesn't like that. That's mm. not something that pleases her. Yeah. But if you know your wife, you're going to bring her and 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 I guess um a w- an expression of your love that she is also pleased. Right. And you know. We we take examples from the Bible of like a golden calf or or what Paul says or Paul what Paul warns, but honestly, it for especially people who are involved in worship and 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 are involved in church, it doesn't have to be so extreme. Yeah, you can you can be worshiping the feeling that you get in a Christian environment mm-hmm. or in a in a worship environment. Mm-hmm. You can be you can be in love with or satisfied by the emotions attached to music. Yeah. So, and that could be what your response is to mm-hmm. in worship, a quote unquote worship. So it's not, it's not always this like, yeah, we, there's, we worship money and we, and we worship our, our education and stuff like that. But in, in the church, when we gather together, if we have a lack of understanding who God is, mm-hmm. then there's nothing to, else to respond to than the stimulated environment that we yeah. create yeah right there's not the le- less i know about god the less reason i have to worship him and the more space or the, the greater the avenue i give myself to worship everything other than him mm-hmm. or the things that were created for him but i'm using i'm worshiping that instead yeah so that's where the this this what we talk about theology is it's the greater I know God, the greater my worship is. Mm-hmm. And the more I know God, my worship is so strictly narrowed to him mm-hmm. and to Christ. Mm-hmm. So you take out theology, which we just talked about was knowing God. You take out knowing God and the truth of knowing God is you will be f- finding yourself somewhere worshiping for a totally different reason. And you won't know it because you don't know who God is yeah. from, this, from mm-hmm. the text. Yeah, I mean, there's only one source to back up anything, mm-hmm. script uh, spiritually, and that's the Word of God. Yeah, and and I think we we see a lot of churches uh, there. A lot of the time, they they elevate that experiential aspect of yeah. worship above a a doctrinal aspect of worship. Yeah. And, and and I don't think that it's not smart. It's it's not smart mm-hmm. to do that doctrine and experience are not separate you yeah. can't separate those two right they go intertwined like yeah. i was saying with the analogy of buying your wife and express or like expressing your love to your wife in a way that she is also pleased yeah your love to god should be expressed in a way that he is also pleased yeah because you're not worshiping for yourself yeah you're worshiping because god is deserving of praise he's worthy yeah and so if, if you're going to work that, why did God give the Israelites the law? Mm-hmm. So that their expression of their love would be in line with what he has commanded. Yeah. And, and you might say, oh, that God is just being picky. He's God. Yeah. He's holy. Yeah. His, the love that you give to him in return must also therefore be holy. Yeah. And, 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 and we cannot separate doctrine and, and worship. Um, there's a quote by Steve Lawson, and he says, um, deep doctrine 
ignites deep devotion. Yeah. And and his 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 idea and he and he says and he says like quotes very similar to this. Um, the deeper your theology goes, the higher your worship goes. Yeah. He says that a lot too. Um, and his idea is the the deeper you know God, the truer your worship of God is. Yeah. Like you 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 cannot worship God without knowing God. Yeah. And and. I feel like people have this fear and, and I, I would have to admit that I had it for a long time. It's like, uh, the more I s- like, the more you sit down to know God, you're just going to become that person that just like wants to just know information mm-hmm. and just like wants mm-hmm. to learn and gather up all this stuff. I, I'm telling you right now, the more I've come to learn about God or the more I've been taught about God, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not discount. I'm not saying that everything I've learned, I've learned myself. Yeah. Yeah the more I've come to know who God is and the more things of God that have been revealed through scriptures that I've just simply passed over, the more in awe I am of this God, the more in awe I am of Christ. And it literally brings up more of a genuine response in me than I've ever had before. Yeah. We have to, we have to get away from this idea of that learning doctrine and theology is like, just sitting in like a Bible school and just racking up information. Mm-hmm. No, the more you learn about God, your your worship becomes more genuine. Mm-hmm. The more you learn about God and who He is and what He's done, the more real we become in our worship. Yeah, I mean, as someone uh, for someone who does not desire to know about God, who finds the the meditation of Scripture and the learning of who God is boring. What are we worshiping in light of? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, wh- what is it about God that we're worshiping? Mm. I mean, I th- and I feel like that's where these like pros- prosperity gospel and hyper grace gospel and all these th- things come from, where it's people have found so many other reasons to be in church and to worship, quote unquote, again. Mm-hmm. Because they lack such an understanding of who God is. Yeah, and it, and it comes it comes back to that: is doctrine and devotion, or doctrine and doxology, separate? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't at any point separate worship from theology. Yeah, you cannot do it, and and that's when we see people. And and listen, I'm not saying your experiences in worship are bad. I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm not trying to negate that there are spiritual experiences that happen in worship. That's that's a completely different topic. But what I'm saying is that your experiences in worship should be determined by the Word of God. Yeah. That's The Word of God is a supreme authority of what happens in worship, what you should desire in worship, what you should seek after in worship, and what the Bible says that you should seek after and strive after and devote all of your affection and focus towards in worship is Christ. Yeah. Nothing else. And we see a lot of churches that encourage their believers to worship for a new experience mm-hmm. or worship to feel a new power. Yeah. And, and that's that's not the purpose of worship. Right. It, that's what it comes down to. It's not the purpose of worship. And as much as you want to say you need to worship for your breakthrough or you, this is how you're fighting your battles – it, it, I'm sorry, but the purpose of worship that Scripture portrays is not that. Yeah, and and it comes and, and as far as experiences in worship, like uh, the one thing that and I'll clarify is, um, 
we in worship we don't do something we don't clap our hands for long enough or sing for long enough that mm-hmm. this that god's presence comes down yeah or the spirit comes down and this uh, and i don't want anyone to take me wrong so hear me out god is everywhere yeah. the spirit of god is everywhere mm-hmm. but when i go into when i gather with a congregation or i'm up there i am saying god i know you're here i know your spirit is here but prepare me to know that more there's uh, people i mean especially me i'll tell you like the presence of god and f- and feeling more of of the spirit of god in a in a in a worship environment is is real it's something that's true but it's not something that we bring there's no level of songs or worship that we do that then the Spirit of God just decides to show up. No, he's there. But there's things that we might have within us that block us from really uh, uh, experiencing God or experience the truth of maybe a scripture that's being preached yeah. or maybe a song that's being sung. So it's not that the more we do it, then God just shows up. No, God's everywhere. The Spirit of God is everywhere. And people have experiences in that in that presence. However, no experience you have, and this is one thing that I'm just going to claim, is no experience you have will ever be contrary to Scripture. Mm. God will never God will never reveal Himself to you, or God will never uh, uh, reveal His presence in a way that negates His very word. Yeah. So whatever experience you have, or whether you doubt whether experience was real or not my encouragement is sift through scripture yeah yeah always go back to scripture mm-hmm. because god has revealed who he is he's revealed his nature and it's unfallible yeah um like i was saying before what is the purpose of worship yeah um and how i said uh it's not to e- e- build your experience it's not based on it's not about fighting your battles or receiving your breakthrough I think one thing that we need to understand in regards to that, like Rufus said, God's presence is already there. Yeah. And we need to understand that in regards to breakthrough or fighting your battles, the biggest battle that we need to focus on as Christians is a battle against sin. Mm-hmm. That is a battle that we constantly go through every day. The Paul says um, it, it, it's a, it, it, his flesh wants to do the things that are of the flesh. Yeah. And his spirit wants to do the things that are of God. Yeah. And it's a constant battle between the flesh and the spirit. That's why Paul says, I desire to do the good things, but I can't do it. Yeah. And and there's another and, and, and we see over and over there's a battle against sin and the spirit. Sin and what the scriptures tell us to do. And and we need to understand that when we worship, don't worship for some sort of special breakthrough. Or some sort of special battle that you need. Because that's not what worship is about. We need to worship in light of a battle that Christ has already won on the cross. We need to worship in light of the fact that Christ has already defeated sin. Already defeated death. We need to worship like Paul urges us. And as we continuously say on the podcast. In light of the mercies of God. That's what urges us to worship. And, 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 And there are so many times... That we, we have come as the church and, and there are so many songs being written that don't exalt Christ and just they just they just they just urge you 
to keep fighting your battle or keep yeah. doing this and keep doing that. And and listen, I'm not listen, I'm not in any way trying to say that God is enabled of fighting your battles. Yeah. He is capable. But the purpose of worship is not trying to, I guess you could say, um, persuade God to fight your battles. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not the purpose of worship. Yeah. You worship knowing that the greatest battle against sin and against death has already been won. Yeah. And and, 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 and the scriptures point us to that. Um, one reference I want to go to is Hebrews chapter 1. Verses 1 and 2. And this is, we, we don't know who the writer of Hebrews is. Um, a lot of people debate on that. And that's not the purpose of this podcast. So we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, but the writer of Hebrews here says, Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken by his son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things, and through whom he also created the world. Mm-hmm. If we want to, if we want to worship God, we need to worship in light of this. Yeah, that Christ is 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 the way that God has spoken to us and has revealed Himself to us, and and Christ is the means by which we are allowed to worship God. Yeah, that's why Paul says we. Uh, I mean, sorry, not Paul. I first, I, I don't know why I said Paul. Um, the writer of Hebrews says we can boldly come before the throne of grace. Mm-hmm. Because Christ has gone before us. He has, yeah. he has made atonement by the means of his own blood. Hebrews constantly from uh, from uh, in almost every single chapter, there is a display of how Christ is greater than. And then for uh, uh, many chapters in between in, in, in the book of Hebrews, Christ is our great high priest. Yeah. He's making intercession through the means of his own blood. He has already done and accomplished a battle that we need to focus on, not not trying to urge God or persuade God yeah. to fight for us. We know that He has already fought a battle that is won now. Yeah, against sin and against death, and so we boldly come before God because He has revealed Himself through Christ. He has allowed a way and a means for us to worship God, and that's in light of the mercies displayed in the cross of Christ. Yeah, I mean, and. You just read through the life of of Paul and lead, read through the letters, and there is no other person that we can see that emphasizes the ex- exaltation of Christ mm-hmm. in everything. I mean, you you don't often read about a lot of the things that Paul went through, um, but I encourage you guys to do that. And all of this time, his main emphasis is is praise and glory and honor to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean. Because he knows what God is worthy of. Mm. He knows that I'm right now in this moment, no matter what I'm going through and what I want to be done, God is worthy of all praise. And Paul can look back and said and say, in those times that I was going through battles, let's say, or I was going through struggles, all I did was praise God. Yeah. All I did was give him the glory. Mm-hmm. And in his due time, according to his will and purpose, God does what he needs to do in our lives. Yeah. So, so, and that's it. Like I, I, we can try to manipulate any other meaning through worship. We can try to manipulate what the scripture might be saying here and there. Maybe we can take another word, but honestly, if, if you guys go back to our, our previous podcast, you'll see that worship is something that is from us fully surrendered to God. Yeah. And, and and notice how Paul is, 
endured so many trials yeah. and tribulation for the for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. And notice how he he never talks about his worship being some sort of, you know, battle fighting yeah. thing. He never mentions that. Yeah. Even when he's in prison with Paul like Paul and Silas, famous story, right? In the prison walls break there's so many pastors and teachers um have interpreted that as your worship is your breakthrough. Yeah. And 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 sadly, I don't it's just Listen, Paul's intention and Silas's intention in that prison cell was not so that the prison walls would come down. Yeah. That was not their intention. Yeah. And we we shouldn't teach that as now you got to worship so that you can receive your breakthrough so your that your prison walls, walls will come, come crashing down. down. Yeah. That's that's not the Paul and Silas's intention. Yeah. God worked in that way so that his name would further be glorified. Yeah. And you see how the prison uh, the the prison watchman, I guess. Prison uh, guard, the jailer, jailer, the mm-hmm. jailer. He was saved. Yeah, and that's God's means in doing His redemptive work. Yeah, but one thing we must understand: Paul never said, and never says that his worship in those times, in those difficult times, even in Philippians, he's he's writing from prison, and he's he never says, um, "Yeah, I'm worshiping and I find Christ supremely joyful and satisfying because in the end I know I'm going to receive my breakthrough." Yeah. That's not what Paul says. Yeah. When b- Paul writes that, uh, he says, I he says I endure many hardships, and yet even in my hardships, Christ is being proclaimed, mm-hmm. and in that I rejoice. Yeah. And then he says in Philippians chapter 3, everything I had, everything I owned, the status I had, he says, as to zeal, I was a Pharisee and keeper of the law, and all these things, Hebrew of Hebrews, he says, he lists all these things. His his status, his wealth, his who he was, right? He he was he was the role model mm-hmm. of the Jewish community. Yeah, and yet he says, all of that, in comparison to Christ, yeah, is worthless. Yeah. The reason Paul was driven to worship in that prison cell is not because he wanted those prison walls to fall; it's because he found Christ supremely satisfying. Yeah. And and this is not, you know, I mean, we all all have our personal prayers. Mm-hmm. We all have our personal prayers. We all have things that we're going with through, and we we plead in the presence of God for God to yeah, work in absolutely. those things. Absolutely. But I'm when we and we've repeated this over again when we say that we've gathered together for worship, we have we have literally specified one goal, mm-hmm. that's to give all praise, honor, and glory to God mm. in everything. That means I am not here right now to get something. I am not here with the intention of, all right, I got to do what I got to do so I can get what I get and then I can go. Mm-hmm. I am here to give whatever I can possible of the n- through the knowledge that I have of who God is mm. and what he's done for me, mm-hmm. especially on the cross, not just getting me my job, but in light of the cross as well as the, high, the, the primary focus I want to give glory and honor to God. I want to bow. I want to give him reverence. Yeah. And and that's that's what we talk about. And I want to encourage, I mean, I don't know how many people we have that are preachers or who speak, but I'm encouraging you guys to teach more about that who the nature of God. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you have a desire for the congregation in your church to worship God sincerely, Worship God because they're truly satisfied in him. 
worship God because they are overjoyed about who he is and they want to express that love. Teach them about him. Mm-hmm. It seems so like duh like of course what else would you do how would you praise god and say god you're great if you don't know why he's great mm-hmm. but look how far we've come <laughs> yeah <laughs> look what yeah, look yeah, at the yeah. situation of the church right now yeah if you see the motivation if you see what the songs that are being sung and you see some of the some of the p- things that are being said it's like oh yeah it, it's it's like all right i no 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 wait no that that simple equation of God did this and God is this. Now, what do we do in response? Mm-hmm. That's been completely crumbled. And so if if it wasn't a problem, <laughs> I don't think we would spend this much yeah. time repeatedly on our podcast emphasizing this idea yeah. of knowing God and and learning more about him and then responding in worship. Yeah, and like, like Rufus said before, personal prayer, we're not saying you shouldn't submit your prayers and requests unto God. Yeah. Paul even urges us to do that. Yeah. He says, with thanksgiving, submit your supplications supplications and your requests. Mm Repressed. Oh, my gosh. Request and petition to God. Mm -hmm. Listen, there are things that we all endure. Yeah. And, yes, prayerfully bring that before God. Yeah. But like Rufus said, in congregational worship, we are urged to do one thing. Worship in light of the mercies of God. Yeah. And we see David many times when he's praying by himself and he's writing prayers, right? The the Psalms are a book of psalm like songs, worship songs that they would sing in, in the temples, and then they are instances in where David is literally just crying out to God. Yeah. Um and it and it's not and it and you'll read it and you'll be like this yeah. doesn't feel like something I can sing because yeah. it's his personal prayer. Yeah, yeah. And, and and some of those things are literally like God all my enemies are surrounding me. And he's like, can you just wipe them out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? That's, that's, that's really literally what yeah. a, lot of, a yeah. lot of the time we see in the Psalms. Yeah. He's like, God, my enemies <laughs> are surrounding me. <laughs> God, can you literally just like wipe them out? <laughs> and then it's like, he's like, <laughs> right. We see so many times where yeah. he's like, um, you're going to, he's like, you're going to crush, crush the head of my adversaries. And yeah. like, these like, things that we would never think about singing in worship but yeah. those are his personal prayers yeah and sometimes there are instances in which we are really struggling yeah like i'm not saying oh if you have a sickness or something that you shouldn't bring that bet- before god absolutely bring it before god yeah and however we shouldn't worship to receive healing from sickness yeah and we shouldn't worship to receive the breakthrough from a chain or a bondage yeah because scripture never tells us to do that. Yeah. Scripture tells us God is holy. He is worthy. He gave his life for you. He has redeemed you unto himself and now worship in light of that. Yeah. And and it's it's hard to say but like uh, we see this like kind of oh, let's see what God's going to do next, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of like, all right, let's see what other tricks he has in his hat or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and honestly, God has done enough from the beginning of eternity. Let me tell you, God has done and has been enough. He does not need to do something more for you to be like, okay, God, you're great. Mm-hmm. There is There is no need for you to sit there waiting for God to do something to then be driven to worship. I'm telling you, read the scripture and you will have reason to worship for the rest of your life. 
uh-huh. till the yep. day you die. Yep. Even if God does not perform a single miracle for you from this point on to the day you die, mm-hmm. you will have a reason to worship. Yeah. Um, we see so many times in Revelation. Let me just pull up a few passages from Revelation real quick. So here are just a, f- a few times in, in Revelation, we see the saints praising God for one reason. I'm just going to read some um, passages of scripture. Um, the saints and the angels and all the creatures in heaven, they're praising God. And here's here's what it is. Here's Revelation 4, uh, 8. This is John talking about the throne that he sees in heaven. Yeah. Um, and he says in Revelation 4, 8, And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, and are full of eyes around and within, and the day and the night, and they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Yeah. You don't, you don't see anything else there. They're just admonishing and acknowledging and worshiping God because he's holy. Yeah. And then you see in Revelation, let's go to Revelation, same chapter, Revelation 4.10. The 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. These saints are not worshiping because there's a crown on their head. Yeah. They're worshiping because God is worthy. Yeah. And he is the only one who is to receive, like they say, glory and honor and power. Yeah. And then there's another verse. Revelation, same, uh, not sorry, not same chapter, Revelation 5, 9. They sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and every people and nation. Again, God is worthy. And Mm -hmm. then the gospel seen right there. You were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. Yeah. And this is is beautiful. This is how we'll be worshiping for eternity, and we we can't even do it here. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you see, so, so many Christians, a lo- they're they're so ready to get to heaven, yeah, because they want a crown, or they want to be free from sickness, yeah. or because they want to be free from something. But it, Paul, Paul says, Paul mentions his thorn in his flesh, and how he's prayed to God, God, can you take? Mo- most theologians think it is definitely a physical ailment that Paul had. Mm-hmm. Right, he prays to God. God, can you take this thorn out of my flesh? And God says, "No, my grace is sufficient for yeah. you." Right, and 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 yet, Paul's desire when he writes in Philippians three, his desire in going to eternity is not that his thorn is removed. <laughs> Rufus says, "Mic just fell." I just knocked him over. Go ahead, sorry. But yeah, it's <laughs> not so that his thorn is removed. Yeah but that he has gained Christ. Yeah. That's why he says, when he says in Philippians chapter 2, he says to live is Christ and to yes, die is yeah. gain. Yeah. Not that he is going to have his thorn removed. Yeah. 
but he receives Christ to the fullness. Rufus, yeah, I saw you, Rufus posted uh, one of the, uh, his church posted, Rufus's church posted one of the quotes that Rufus said when he was speaking. By the way, Rufus be- preaches. Rufus is a preacher, man. He is insane. Um, Rufus, one of the Rufus's quotes. Um, if, if this video goes up, you'll see me awkwardly staring into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Rufus was, Rufus was saying, he's, he's talking about that verse, and he says, how can Paul say this? Because in life he has Christ, and in death he gains Christ. Yeah. And that that's that's it. That's Paul's motivation, Paul's desire to worship. He's gaining Christ. Yeah. And when when we get to heaven, we are not going to worship because we have a mansion or mm-hmm. we have no sickness or because there's a crown on our head or because of the streets of gold. We're going to worship because Christ is supremely satisfying. He is the only one that is holy and worthy. He is our source of joy, and we're going to worship in light of that. Yeah. Um, just I'm going to read just uh, two more verses. Uh, Revelation 5, 12, and 13. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne be blessing and honor and glory and might forever no mention no mention at all of any sort of blessing or any sort of breakthrough or any sort of battle fighting or none of that yeah but they just say god you are worthy and, and like it says, the elders fall down before yeah. the throne. And this is not this is not like, oh well, there's nothing to plead for there. I mean, everything's fine. Everything. No, this is read these verses carefully. Mm-hmm. This is not uh, okay. Well, this is how we're going to worship because there's an absence of all things bad, so there's no battles to fight. No, this is a reaction to a presence of God. Yeah. This is the reaction to the immediate glory and majesty of God. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You read every one of these, and they are saying these things after they, s- be- before the Lamb, mm-hmm. before the throne of God. Mm-hmm. So this is not like, oh well, this is what we're going to be doing in heaven because there's no more tears, no more sadness. No, no, no. This is what we're going to be doing in heaven because when we stand before God, there's nothing that else that can come out of our mouths. Yeah. Look, look at Isaiah six. Yeah. Yeah. He sees a vision of God's holiness. Mm-hmm. And what are the angels doing there? They're declaring God's holiness. Holiness, yeah. Holy, holy, holy. That's it. It's an ongoing song in the heavens. Just holy, holy, holy. Now, that's the song that they're singing in the heavens. Yeah. Holy, holy, holy. Worthy are you, Lord God. That's it. That's crazy because, you know... (laughs) The angels in heaven and hi- in his presence, those created beings are seeing the presence of God and they are they're worshiping him and they're crying out how holy he is. And we created by God, departing from God and being redeemed by mm-hmm. God again, we have other intentions in our songs. Mm-hmm. I mean that th- that's crazy i mean what what how much more should we be singing praises 
and honor and glory to God. Yeah. Just look at the cross. We have one extremely greater reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have the mercy of God. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> look look at Isaiah's response Yeah. to the holiness of God. It's not, okay, now I'm beholding God. Let me ask for my battle to be won. Mm-hmm. Or let me ask for this. Or let me try to receive some sort of new spiritual experience that I haven't had before. Yeah. That's not Isaiah's response. He sees the holiness of God. He looks at himself and he says, I'm not worthy to be here. Yeah. I'm not worthy to be here. And now we, as as New Testament Christians, believers in the in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we boldly come before the throne of God. Yeah. Not because we in and of ourselves are worthy, but because through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have a righteousness that is not of our own. It's imputed to us, and we can boldly come before God. Yeah. And it w- we, we need to understand... Th- God is so supremely holy. Mm-hmm. God is so supremely worthy. Yeah. God is so supremely satisfying and joy giving that we need we uh, listen, we, we can we cannot try to worship God by a means of, of, of trying to receive some sort of personal gratification for us. Yeah. That's not that's not the purpose of worship. And and listen, God is supremely satisfying. And if you truly are satisfied in God, you are going to worship him for who he is. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. That's what Paul did. That's what the New Testament believers did. That's why most of the disciples were crucified. Because Christ was supremely satisfying. Yeah. And, and, and it, if that meant that they had to die as an act of worship, standing for the truth of the gospel they were willing to do it yeah and we as the church can barely sing a song about the gospel of jesus christ yeah and you know it's so like in if we just take everything we talked about in a whole it's what god desires is to know him Mm -hmm. and as the more we know him the more satisfied we are in him the more satisfied we are in him the greater our worship is to him but today we worship him to get some sort of satisfaction and by that somehow we'll know god yeah it's backwards now mm-hmm. it's backwards and wrong first we know god we learn about god we study who god is then the more we know him the more we enjoy him mm. the more tr- more value he has to us yeah and then our worship becomes real our worship mm-hmm. becomes uh, carries a lot more weight yeah. Um, 626. It's time for us to wrap up soon. I just have one more verse. Yeah, I yeah, just want to yeah, wrap yeah, up with one more verse yeah, yeah, yeah. because today our main thing was the importance of theology or um, basically the study of God and God's word yeah. in, into knowing worship. And one verse that I'm probably not going to be able to um, explain this in a manner that respects the way it, w- it mm-hmm. was explained to me through a man of God. Um, but Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, 
For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrows, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I've heard so many interpretations from this. Like, it's a two-edged sword, so if I'm speaking it, it pierces <laughs> me and you. Or so, some other stuff, man. I, I've heard so many different interpretations from this that it's kind of kind of amazing. But it's very simple. The explanation here is so simple. The word of God is living and active. That's the primary focus of this verse. The word of God. It's living and active. Sharper than a two-edged sword. The point here is not to talk about multiple capabilities, which the word of God may have. The word of God is useful in many things. It's, it says it there. However, the word of God is sharp that it could pierce even the soul and the spirit, divide the soul and spirit, joints and the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It's trying to show the ability to separate some things that are, are sometimes close together. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about the soul and the spirit, um, there's a lot of people who teach ab about this, so I'm not going to be able to go into it. You, you should definitely go and look it up. But the things that are of the spirit of God, the things which are true, the things which are of God, and the things that which are from our soul or from our emotions, things that we react to based on our feelings— Sometimes these things are so joined together, especially in worship environments, is it the time that we have to be very careful of. How do I know if this is a feeling or if this is true? How do I know if this is the Spirit of God compelling me or if this is just my reaction to something, uh, some stimulation? Songs are one of the mediums where this verse comes into, in, into play. Mm -hmm. And the Word of God says that there's one thing that is sharp enough to tell you whether it is of God or it is of you. Yeah. That's the word of God mm -hmm. because it's living and active. Mm -hmm. It's not more songs. It's not any other thing. It's not our podcast. It's not a preaching. Yeah. The yep. word of God can tell you in worship what is of God and what is not. Yeah. And it tells here discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Mm -hmm. The word of God can divide and, t and, and examine what the intents of the heart was. Once I read the scripture, I can say, okay, my intention there was, or my heart there was not in line with God. It was, I, I had a different motivation. I was stimulated by something else. So going back to the scripture has the ultimate authority. Yeah. I, whatever experience you have, whatever experiences you may have heard, please, 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 please. The word of God is the ultimate authority because mm -hmm. it's God's word. Yeah. God will never, yeah. ever deny his word. Yeah. So if you want to know what's of God, it's right there. Mm -hmm. It's right there. Mm -hmm. Please do not cast it. Please do not put the word of God aside in our worship. Please yeah. do not put the word of God aside yeah. in our worship. And, and this goes with every single aspect that we've talked about today. Yeah. Christ being supremely satisfying, Christ being holy, worshiping in light of that, as we see the saints and the elders just beholding God and worshiping yeah. in light of that. That's not something just for eternity. Yeah. That's something for now. Yeah. And what drives us to do that is the word of God. Yeah. Right. We we as we as the bride of Christ can, can cannot worship a groom that we don't know. Mm. And we cannot be in, in the f in, in when eternity comes, we cannot be wed to a groom that we do not we know. Don't know. Yeah. And, and 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 like Jesus says we 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 need like we can do whatever we want on this earth 
we can cast out demons, we can pray for the sick, we can do all this, all these things, and even in our worship, whatever that we can clap our hands or lift our voice as loud as we want, raise our hands, but yet if our worship is not actually something that is pleasing Christ, yeah. and if we don't truly know Christ, Christ is going to say, he never knew us. Hmm. That's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. And so when we are, when we, when we as the church now seek to worship God, let's worship knowing who God is. Mm-hmm. Because when, when we know who God is, we will become satisfied in who God is. And we will be driven to worship not because of anything we have received, but because solely he is worthy yeah. of praise. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you guys so much tuning in to this episode of the honest worship podcast we know this was uh a little bit heavier on some topics we that yeah. we've discussed this a little bit heavier um and we might get a even more heavy <laughs> um but yeah we feel we've the reason why we're doing this is because we feel like these are things that we should address yeah and we want to make sure that when we use terms um we want to make sure that we you you all know what we're talking about mm-hmm. Um, because if we use a term like Christ exalting or whatever that is, that could be taken in different ways to different people. So we want to make sure that we express what we believe the scripture talks about as mm-hmm. Christ exalting or Christ glorifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you guys have any questions about this episode, let us know. You can message it. You can DM us on Instagram or you can, uh, email us, uh, at honest worship podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can email us there. You can follow us on Instagram at the Honest Worship Podcast. You can make a new thing. Yeah, you can go to our website. Yeah, go to our website, and you can chat to us on our website. By the way, um, so we actually get notifications on our phones uh, for our website, and so we'll be able to reach out to you right then and there. Um, so yeah, thank you again so so much for listening to this episode. Um, we hope that this uh, episode was an encouragement to you. Uh, one thing that I just want to say, um, if you guys, uh, like I think we, I said this before about questions, right? If you guys ever really have any questions, please don't feel like, um, that we're too busy for that or anything. We, we really, really, really want to address questions Mm -hmm. because, um, our goal mainly is to make sure that you are built up as a believer in your worship of God. Yeah. Um, and so please, 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 I just want to make it s- as clear as possible. Questions, concerns, anything that you want help with in regards to worship of God or um, uh, whatever it might be. If you, f- if you feel led to reach out to us, please reach out to us. We want to talk to you guys. Yeah. The whole reason we're doing this podcast is to help you guys. Yeah, um, and and sometimes during w- uh, these podcasts are kind of arranged where we, me and Sammy can kind of have a conversation about it. So in any of that, if you felt like something was off or you felt like maybe something wasn't clarified properly, that's also something that we want to hear. Mm-hmm. Definitely we want to hear that so that yeah. we can improve on that for the next mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's about it for today. Yes. We thank you so much for watching, and hopefully we will see you before Christmas with a special episode of the Honest Worship Podcast. That is going to be episode number five, so we are going to tie in some stuff about Christ and... Mus. Oh. Uh, I don't know what that <laughs> means.
Which is Christmas? Yeah, but I Christ. Okay. <laughs> that was clever, though. The little Christmas pun. Yeah, um, but you took too long, and then it became awkward. Yeah, it did. My it's bad, okay. guys. I'm it's sorry. Okay. I'm really sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah. So hopefully we will have a little, uh, little. We'll touch on maybe some uh, passages about Christ coming to earth and how Ooh. we can worship in light of Jesus Christ being our promised Messiah. Ooh. So. We thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you, like I said, hopefully before Christmas. And if not, we want to wish you wish we want to wish you all a very merry Christmas and a happy new year. Happy new year, everyone! Thank you so much, guys, and we'll see you guys next time. See ya. Bye.